Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. All right, everybody. Good morning and welcome to the Week in Review at the Armor Report. I'm Brett Rosenthal. Thank you for joining me and spending some of your Saturday getting ready for next week's stock market action and going over what happened last week so we can all focus on how to protect our capital and capture upside, increasing net worth uh, over time. So this is the Armor Investing Way. It's something I've been building for over 30 years of managing my own capital and capital for individuals and institutions. Um, the object here, the experiment we're running, is literally to build a hedge fund together. I know that kind of sounds strange, but hedge funds outperform, the best outperform, not all of them, but the best outperform for three basic reasons. They pool information from intelligent sources. They have an overarching strategy of how to run capital and use algorithms to execute. And then they have very strong risk management techniques that they follow religiously. So what we're doing at the Armour Report, and I've managed hedge funds before, so what I decided to do is take that approach and share it with you, the individual investor. So what we do at the Armour Report is we have a Slack room. It's our live trading desk, okay? And we bring together a pool of information, what I can provide and what Armour Insiders can provide, all of us together working together in an environment like a large trading floor. It's a virtual trading floor, right, where we're shouting out to each other ideas and information all day, okay, sharing it, more eyeballs on it, makes us all better traders, better investors. Then what we're doing is using Armour algorithms and the overarching Armour um, investing way to execute that strategy. And we do it ruthlessly. All day we talk about it on the trading desk. This is what the algos are saying. Big picture algos for indexes, smaller algorithms for individual stocks, day trading algorithms. This is how we execute. And we wrap it up in a bow of stop-loss disciplines and other hedging techniques during the day to protect our portfolio. Okay, so, so far, 2022 has been a great year for us. That strategy, those three pieces are all coming together. Our whiteboard where we do our research is focused on the commodity super cycle of 2022. We started the year there. Our algorithms have protected our capital. We were in cash coming into the year, right? Early December, we went to cash based on the algorithms and the overarching approach of using the risk monitor to tell us when to commit capital and when to protect it. And then, of course, we've been adding alpha 
through our day trading techniques and our hedging techniques. And so right now, Armour portfolios are at or already above, or, you know, near or above, all-time highs in net worth, even though 2022 has been a difficult year. So I want to commend all of you for spending time with me on the desk all day, hammering it out. The strategies work if we just stick to them. The hardest part of this is execution. It's trader psychology. It's investing psychology of executing the strategy. Once you've got the strategy, and so that's what we're talking about on Saturdays. Keep us on point. We're going to go over what the market did last week. The new rally hit its first area of resistance, had its first week of, um, of a test. So we're going to look at that, look at the big indexes, see if there's any changes to the algorithms of our top seven indexes that drive the risk monitor. And what might happen next week that would change our portfolios, right? We have four portfolios we manage. And styles of management is the best way to protect capital. Not diversifying through hundreds of stocks and bonds and all this other kind of stuff, but styles of management, right? So we have Armour Portfolio, one that we share in our spreadsheet, which is a traditional portfolio full of individual stocks off the whiteboard. Portfolio two only uses algorithms to trade indexes and group ETFs and day trade. Then we have our index-only portfolio, which just follows the risk monitor. I'll go over that. I'm going to go over how that might change next week, depending on market behavior. And then, of course, we have our dividend portfolio. And we're going to talk about some things. Deb, we're going to get into um, AT&T as we talked last week about how we've added it to the portfolio. The dividend's cut, right? It's paying like 4.7% now, which is great. It's great, right in line with, you know, Verizon. But, of course, there's spinoffs and other things that are going to enhance value. So we'll get to that. Um, so these four portfolios make up how I run my personal capital, and I'm sharing with you the process. So we'll go over what stocks we bought last week and what's the top of our whiteboard that we might invest in next week. And I want to share with you, uh, really important, you hear me talk about all the time, you've got to read and react to what the market's telling you. You can't force your will on the market. So I'm going to walk you through a case study of what semiconductor stocks told us last week and how we uh, uh, traded it on our desk. And then, of course, I'll get to Q&A, as I always do. We're going to talk about cannabis. We're going to talk about crypto. These are all parts of our portfolio. So we'll get to all that. Don't forget, this is um, my own personal way of running my capital. You've got to do your own due diligence, all those types of things. Make sure it fits your risk tolerance before you ever buy anything or make any investments, okay? So let's dive right in. First thing first, we're going to look at, um, and what I like to say, the rally hits its first test. So we're going to look at the indexes first. And for me, it's always best to go with a um, top-down approach. Let's look at the big picture, then we'll get into what stocks we're adding and, and how we're managing our risk, okay? So the big picture is we have our, seven index algorithms, the S&P, the Dow. We're going to just go walk right through them. So what we had yes, um, last week is the first test. We, I made it color-coded to make it easy for you guys. When the risk monitor goes red, yellow, or green, I just highlight it with the boxes. So we went red right here, avoid the sell-off, yellow here, green here. We're putting money back to work. Market extends higher. 
So let me just follow, just share with you the Armour algorithms and how we run our index-only portfolio, okay? When we get yellow and then green, what we're doing over those two days is investing. We went from 100% cash to 100% long in that portfolio, okay? The big four went positive on the 16th of March. So we put capital to work in the big four, S&P, NASDAQ, small cap, Dow. The next day, we got confirmation by momentum, value, and IVD 50. All the money goes in. So the stop, when we first put money to work, the stop is the low of the bar we're buying. So in this case, this was the bar we bought, the 16th. If it had gone below the 16th, we wouldn't have been out. Now when it extends higher like this, so let me just be clear on this with all of you who are new to the ARM report. The risk monitor doesn't tell us how much money we're going to make or how high indexes are going to go or for how long. All these algos tell us. They're probability algos. They tell us with a high probability that when we get risk on yellow-green, markets will go high enough for us to raise our stop to break even and book a profit. If it's a particularly difficult year, those will be small gains, and we'll be back to cash fairly quickly. But no attack to principle. Now, we don't ever know which risk monitor green leads to the huge upside in the market. I don't have a crystal ball. I'm not, I don't, I'm not, I don't have a hubris to think I know what's going to happen next. All I can do is show you with the statistics and the probabilities of the algorithms that when we get that signal, boom, there'll be a pop where we can then raise our stops and book a profit if we want and then let the position do what it's capable of doing. Thank you, Wim Hof, for that statement. Okay, because it's so true in life. You've got to let things do what they're capable of doing. Okay. So the risk monitor goes green. Assets pop higher. Let's go look at the indexes and what we'll be doing next week. We have not booked profits yet, but I'm going to show you a couple of weekly charts and it tells you maybe next week we need to book some gains and we've raised our stop now above break-even, okay? So what's happened is we're a little bit above break-even here to make sure if it comes back, we get paid for our effort, okay? So we shouldn't lose money on this risk monitor green signal on the index-only portfolio. But if you look at the weekly chart now, okay? So we had two really good up weeks, and then we had, you know, what is a – question mark week. It ended up being a blue bar. It was, it was red right up until the last five minutes of trading. And you had some shenanigans that occurred with volatility and, you know, mar- you know kind of painting the tape. So it goes with a blue, a blue bar. But there's no way to view that other than at the very least a test, possibly a doji stone. Okay, for those of you who are candlestick charters, so this is a weekly chart, and maybe you've got a problem is what that's telling you right there. We don't know until next week, okay? Let me tell you, it was 10 minutes before the close, this was red, and it just popped up right at the end of the day. Here's an intraday chart of it. See that right there? What well, was three, six, nine, 12 minutes. The last 12 minutes really rescued the whole market, okay? So that's kind of shenanigans that don't mean anything to me. And the bigger picture is the market ran up, over into the overhead, which is right in here, okay, this original kind of gap down right there is where it ran right up to. 
And there's the first test. So just scrolling through real quick. Um, Dow's broken the downtrend, rallied up, but, and holding above the 50. But the stop would now, you would have to move your stop on the Dow position right underneath here. Okay? Right underneath this consolidation of the 50 and the 200-day. If it stays above it, hey, great, we stay with it. If it breaks back below it, we'll be booking profits on our original position. They won't be huge profits, but we'll make some money. We'll make sure we don't lose money. And we'll look to fight another day. All right? This chart looks even worse. Right? So they... I know a lot of people have asked me, is it time to buy roadblocks? Is it time to buy Unity? All these names. I don't think it's time to buy that. We're not going out there and buying those names in our portfolio. The innovator stocks are just not ready. As an example, you can look at the innovator lit the, uh, chart pattern, the IBD50. That's a, that's a serious sell-off. A lot of overhead, huge overhead. People caught in these stocks. And what overhead means is every time it tries to rally, somebody's happy to puke out their shares and, and get out of a mistake. And it takes usually three, could be six months or more of a base build to get rid of all that overhead before you really start to move higher. So innovative stocks, not the focus in armor portfolios. Small caps, you can see, look a little bit better, but still huge top that's formed. And generally, that breakdown at the top has further to go. There's our momentum index. This runs right up into the overhead, right up to the 200-day moving average. Okay, here's the NASDAQ. Let's take a look at the weekly on the NASDAQ. Okay, so same type of a bar as the S&P running right up into overhead and reversing. Now, you know, a couple of thoughts for you. So in case you think it sounds that I'm bearish this morning, um, I am bearish. I've been bearish. I think this is, the, this is the bear market of 2022, and I think that there are counter-trend rallies in every bear market, and you can swing trade them and you can make some money on them. But you've got to be aware of the type of market you're in. And what most people do is they look back at the prior bull market and think that, oh, that's about to happen again. And they get way over their skis in risky assets and get wiped out all over again. Okay, you can't make up for mistakes that happened last year by being even more aggressive. You've got to figure out where they've moved the cheese. It's an interesting book. If you haven't read it, go ahead and read it. Thin book, small book, good book to read to your kids. Okay, where they move the cheese. The cheese is not in innovative growth stocks. So um, I'm happy to get long. The risk monitor tells us to get long. We put capital to work. We made money. Market had a run right up till the end of the quarter, right? The first quarter ended the end of March. That's typical type of action. Last week was the test of the, of the rally. Next week, what are we going to do? All of our stops are raised on the index-only portfolio. Weakness that takes us through key levels, for instance, the 200-day moving average here. Again, you can see that right here on the NASDAQ, right? So it's, this is the standard 200-day, the gray line. 
This is the exponential 200-day, the green line. Black line is the 50-day. These are all key moving averages, right? We break below. We're already – so we stopped right at the um, standard 200-day. The NASDAQ went right to the standard 200-day and reversed, okay? If it builds that top and breaks below the exponential and the 50, we will be booking profits. Our stops will be raised. And it's very possible by the end of next week, if the week is a negative week, the risk monitor will be red and our index-only portfolio will be 100% cash again, having booked profits. Totally possible. Armor Insiders will be privy to the information as it's happening during the week. So we'll be sharing this as we're going on our live trading desk. You'll see what's happening. I'll say, guys, here it is. We've got to book our profits. We have to, you know, stops have already been raised. So we've got to book our profits at this stage, okay? So let's, um, that's the big picture on the market. Still bullish, happy to engage, breakdown next week, we'll be quick to exit. Let me skip real quick to a case study of why we'll be quick to exit. And I think it's, it's the action in semiconductors are a microcosm of how dangerous this market is. And I'm going to show that to you right now. So I call this, uh, um, that's not what I call it, um, how to read and react to market information. If I always say to you guys, you've got to read and react, read and react. What does that mean? All right. So I'm going to show you what happened on our trading desk. We added shares of NVIDIA to the portfolio on, on this day right here. One, two, three, right in here, early this day. It popped up. Our stop is a low of this bar. Okay. 259.01. Marvel. We added Marvel. Same day. Okay. But what I want to show you, and this is key, and we were sharing this information on the trading desk as it was happening, and it all started here with Micron. So um, we, we bought Micron in front of earnings right in here, and it went up before the earnings number, which happened on this big red down day. So before the close that day, we booked about 25% of our gains. So step one, the Armour Investing Way, when we buy a stock and it rallies into earnings, we like to take some off the top to manage our risk. I don't care if the stock skyrocketed on the news. That's great. I have 75% of my position still on. I've booked a profit. Now I'm making even more money. I'm not greedy. But what I can't stand is having a gain on the table, having news break. And let's be honest, we don't know what the reaction to the news is going to be have the thing implode and not get paid. That I can't stand, okay? So we bought it right. It popped up for a day. We booked a little bit, stops at break even, got the earnings announcement. It was exactly what we wanted. Better than expected earnings, better than expected revenue, raising guidance. Everything they said on that call is bullish. Never force your will on the market. That's the message for today. Don't be that deer in the headlights that stares at the situation and says, but it should go up. Don't be Kathy Wood. Don't bury your portfolio because you're sure that the market's wrong. Okay? So what we do on our trading desk is very simple. We're long into the earnings number. We booked a profit in front of the news. 
it had a nice gap up morning. Here, this is the day trading um, screen. This is the day. Had a nice gap up morning. Reversed, broke down. Guess what? We're selling it. We're selling it. We're out. We gave it all the room we could give it, and we said it's done. Something's wrong with Micron. You get everything you want on the earnings number, and the stock is selling off on huge volume. What more do you have to know? And so this spoke to us about our entire semiconductor portfolio. When we exited Micron, we were cutting every position down at the same time. Didn't matter if it was NVIDIA and how great NVIDIA is. Didn't make a difference. Cut everything in a third immediately. Got rid of Micron, okay? Then the very next day, we cut out the rest, okay? We had a raised stop on Intel. The very next day, it goes through it in the morning, we're gone. Intel's out. AMD. AMD, right? The very next day, there's a downgrade. Don't, don't tell me it's stock down because Barclays downgraded. I, I can show you hundreds of stocks where Barclays downgrades it and the stock goes up. So it's the reaction to the news that matters, not the news. I don't care what the news is. News was great on the earnings number from Micron got sold. That's the reaction. You know, downgrade by Barclays. So what? It's getting sold. That's the reaction. There'll be other days where there's downgrade and the stock ends up on the end of the day. Sells off in the morning, up at the end of the day. Okay? It's the reaction to the news. It's telling you how treacherous this market is. Technology stocks are dangerous in this market. This is a commodity bull market. Okay? So by the end of the day, and we're out of NVIDIA, we're out of Marvel, we're out of the semi-space. I don't care if NVIDIA goes up. I don't care. It's not the right place to commit capital right now, and the market's telling you that. Why fight it? There's so many other investments to make. Let's go look at that. Where are we putting capital to work? Okay. Um, commodities, cannabis, and crypto. That's where we're putting money to work. So we've been building a commodity portfolio, you know, since the beginning of the year. And that's really why we, we have tremendous alpha compared to the market this year. Um, you guys already know, just to hit on a couple of our favorite investments, for those of you who may be new, you know, we're, we're along the drilling stocks from down in here, okay? We're along the drilling stocks about to make new highs. This is like a cup and handle coming in here. And our stops have been raised all the way up to here. We're going to make money on HP one way or the other. It's going to hit the stop and we're done, or it's going to blow out again, and we're going to let it ride. You know, I like to call that the horse, and this is the little goat that spends uh, time in the stable, okay? At some point, I think rig is going to take off. So we've traded it a couple times, bought it here, sold it here, bought it back. We're still in it, waiting for that to take off, Okay. Some guys on the desk made an absolute fortune and tell. Well done, guys. Well done. Right? XOP, the exploration production company. They just keep looking better and better. Why struggle with technology names? Why try to guess when the innovators have bottomed, when you can make an absolute fortune in commodity stocks right now? Right? We're long MP on the desk. I've walked you through that last weekend. 
right? Just huge breakout. Okay? We're, we're long. The uranium names. Looks like they're building a whole nother base in here. Haven't even broken out yet. Really haven't even broken out yet. Making a nice base. Quad U's, CCJ, the leader CCJ. And I wanted to take a moment on this because I'm going to share this in a minute. We're going to look at precious metal stocks. Um, I know it's fun to be clever and find the small cap name nobody knows about, but that's not really how to make money over a long period of time. It gives you bragging rights. Sometimes you make some money, other times you get blown up. But the best way to really build net worth is to focus on institutional leaders, the biggest guys with the most liquidity, where institutions, the big elephants in the room, can shovel money. They can't shovel money into small $5 stocks. You can have some fun Reddit type of explosions higher. Okay, I, 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 give, I give you that. But over a long period of time, when it comes to investing with the correct risk-reward parameters, when you're investing large amounts of capital, okay, the best thing to do is focus the portfolio on the leadership. So this is why CCJ has got to be the biggest name in a uranium portfolio. That's where all the money's being shoveled. Now, what happens is at the end of a move, the smaller names outperform. At the beginning of a move, it's the bigger names that outperform. So ideally, if you follow an investment thesis throughout its lifetime, you're going to invest first in the biggest, most liquid assets with the greatest inventory of product in this case. Make a lot of money there. And in the next wave, so what will happen is these things will skyrocket. Then they'll make a huge base again, high tight pennant or whatever they make. And on the next breakout, what you'll do is take some cream off the top in the big three or four names you own and then go put them into smaller names because in the smaller names, boom, they outperform at the end of a move. We're not at the end of the move now. We're at the beginning. All right. So our focus is on the biggest name and the guys that have the most amount of yellow cake in inventory. Okay. UEC is a no-brainer. This chart pattern is looking really sexy. Now, look, if it breaks down next week, we're out. Don't forget, when I share this information with you guys, I have stops on everything. If you want to know how to protect capital and how to manage risk, become an Armor Insight. You know, subscribe. Right down there, you can do it. Join us on the desk and put the power of the group behind what you're doing. Stop managing your money in isolation. Okay? We've got more eyeballs on the process. We're all working together like a hedge fund. And we're using algorithms to help execute. Okay? It improves performance because you're not in a vacuum. You're not just talking to yourself. All right? So, obviously, I could be out of all these names on Monday if they implode. Okay? They hit a stop, I'm out. That's true about whatever I say today on Saturday. So, for risk management purposes, I suggest you join us on the trading desk live so you can see what we're doing. Okay? But 
for this conversation, um, my four favorite names, UEC, UU, UU, um, CCJ, and I, and I think probably NXE. Find my way into NXE at some point. Um, so what other names are we adding? Let's go over to um, the big industrial metal plays. Okay. We added BHP last week. Now, we traded it from here to here. We traded it a couple times in here. And then it just occurred to me that I've got to be long and strong. These three industrial metals. And here's one reason why. I think we've all learned since 2008, the world changed. Markets are driven by central bank intervention. Here in the U.S., the Fed's reducing liquidity, raising rates. We have an inflation problem, commodity super cycle. Over in China, the Chinese government's opened the spigots and is liquefying their market because they're dealing with the real estate crisis. And they know that playbook. They watch the U.S. do it. They're going to pump an obscene amount of capital into their system. And what that's going to do is drive basic materials and commodity prices through the roof. Companies that are in close proximity to China probably going to do real well. I'm not concerned that China is going to become the next Russia. I know you're reading about that all over Twitter and, you know, they talk about it ad nauseum on the news. I think it's all a bunch of bullshit. Okay. Sorry. Excuse my French. Sorry. I, I think that's ridiculous. China needs the U.S. as much as we need China. We all know that. And the debacle that's going on in Eastern Europe right now, I think, would, would pump the brakes on any decision out of China to go do something stupid right now. That's just my opinion. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. they got a major real estate crisis going on in China. I, I don't think they're doing anything else right now but dealing with that. It's my opinion. I could be wrong. Okay? But stocks to own in this market right now, BHP, Rio, and Valley. Look at that cup and handle breakout. <laughs> also, these charts we're looking at here are completely incorrect. They don't incorporate the dividends that have been paid, which are fairly stout. And so these stocks are you know, either at or already at new highs. Okay? If you were to be an, an owner of BHP over a long period of time, your, your net worth, this, this asset's actually trading up here. So this trade station chart's not reflecting the fat dividends that have been paid. That would really put, if you put those dividends back in, the price is up here. Okay? So anyway, um, let's skip over real quick to um, precious metals. You know I like to trade around the core. You've heard me talk about trading around the core. So what we do coming into the end of the month, we know precious metals get whacked at the end of the month. So right before the last week of the month, when you have a huge up move in precious metals, that's when you sell some into it, right? And then you buy it back on subsequent weakness. So this is precisely what we did. I want to show you um, a little chart porn this morning. This is um, Newmont Mining, okay? Newmont Corp. Now, I've shared with you from the beginning of this move, in precious metals, that the single most important mining stock to own is going to be Newmont. Okay? How did I know that? Am I some, like, you know, 
wizard? Is it like a crystal ball I'm looking at? No, I've just been doing this over 30 years, and I'm sharing with you how this works. Institutions have their favorites, and their favorite gold stock is Newmont, probably followed up by Barrick, but Barrick's made a bunch of acquisitions and blah, blah, blah. So Newmont is just pure. It's their favorite way to play it. When they start believing in the gold story, they go to Newmont. It's the leader. The leader paying a dividend, and the dividend's going up, and the dividend's backed by gold. What a market for this stock. Okay? You won't see a better chart pattern than this. Now, please don't run out there and buy it on Monday. The Armour Report owns the stock. Armour portfolios own the stock down here in these green areas. We're not paying up for it now. We're trading around the core. So we sold some up here. It sells off. We buy it back. It explodes to new highs. We're trading a piece around the core, but we hold a large core position. So maybe we book 25% off the top, hold 75%. We haven't traded that 75% out. Right? And then we go put that 25% back on. So we'll do that occasionally. And you don't have to do it, by the way. You can just be a, an investor. You don't have to swing and day trade like that. You just own the stock. Right? You're not going to see chart patterns like this very, very often. When you do, they, they result in massive moves up on the asset. Over a longer period of time, it's not all going to happen overnight. But the way a technical analyst looks at this chart is here's a massive rectangle, and you take the width of the rectangle and you stand it vertically, and that's how high the stock will go off of this base. Obviously, it's off the chart. This, I call this the human genome sciences chart. For anybody who remembers that stock, that company, it's going way back to 2000, the year 2000. But we made a fortune on human genome sciences. My dad and I running money together back in New York City at the time. It had a chart pattern like this. The, the world had just mapped the human genome. And human genome sciences, as its name suggests, was at the forefront of that. And it led to a massive move up in the stock. And the chart pattern looked exactly like this. And there's more than one example of that. I just, human genome science, it was so obvious back then. And it looks just like this. So to me, it's a human genome sciences chart. The rest of my life, I've always called these patterns a human genome sciences pattern. There it is, okay? So um, last week, what we did was, after selling these stocks at higher prices, we added um, back what we're trading around the core. So uh, Agnico Eagle, you can see that pennant that's forming. But please note that Agnico is not even close to its all-time high. Newmont's already blown through. Newmont is the clear leader. Barrick, not even close to an all-time high. Newmont's already blown through. It's why we named Newmont our number one gold stock at the start of the year. Okay, take a look at Franco Nevada. Is another favorite of ours. Where is that? Uh, here it is. Now, Franco is a little bit closer to, to Newmont. Almost there. It's almost making a new high, breaking out of a huge base. That's like a cup and handle base. It's about to come across the tops. And then wheat and precious metals rounds out our favorites. This has a piece of silver in it. Look at the pennants that are forming. And, of course, we do own Sprott, Physical Gold, and Silver. But what was really interesting last week is that the miners blew out. And the metal doesn't look that great, right? Well, 
let's just end on this note, and then I'll move on. Um, the miners lead the metal. It's not the other way around. It's always been like that. The miners lead the metal. So when you see the mining stocks blow out, it generally means the metal's coming. A good way to play it could be day trading or swing trading, the doubles or the triples on the metal itself. UGLs, the AGQs, could be a great way to capture some big upside next week uh, in the metals. All right. Um, crypto, that's already been 36 minutes of this discussion. I want to get to the Q&A. Don't forget to fill up the Q&A board and we'll go over it. But I just wanted to touch on a couple of things. Crypto, um, you know, we're actively trading Bitcoin. I use the ETF BITO as my example. I do have a Coinbase account, and in the Coinbase account, I am accumulating crypto, okay? Um, and I'm, uh, you know, I try a couple of different crypto ideas that I think are interesting, but I focus most of my buying on Bitcoin and Ether, okay? Just like my theory on Newmont or um, any of the other leaders that we're talking about, you know, CCJ, right? The real money is going to be made in the leaders, and then once you get Bitcoin, you know, ripping to new highs and making a big pennant up there in the 60,000 range, when it makes that big pennant in the 60,000 range, then what I'll probably do is start getting more aggressive on the smaller guys. I don't care that they'll be up off the lows. The, the real move in the smaller guys happen after the bigger guys really get ahead of steam going. So right now I want the big guys. Also, I want liquidity. This is about managing risk. This thing rolls over and breaks down. They wipe out the smaller crypto names, okay? So I need to be able to move. I need to be able to protect capital. I know some of you out there watching this want to be holders, and I shouldn't sell it at all, and it's the greatest thing ever, and it's only going to go straight up, and I know, I know. But in reality, it doesn't go just straight up. It has 50% collapses over a two- or three-week window all the time, and it'll do it again on the way up. So I will be swing trading the asset, and I'll be holding on to some and trading around the core, okay? Um, that way we don't ever lose perspective. So we had a gap up. We made money on that. We stepped out. It sold off for four days, right? One, two, three, four to close the gap. And we bought it back right at the end of the day Friday, okay? That was the move on Friday. You know, I have this four-day rule after a gap up. I like to see how it trades on day four. One, two, three is the selling. What does it do day four? Well, day four was an update. Didn't take out the highs here. If we take out the highs of Thursday on Bitcoin, I'll probably increase my position size. I might double it because that would mean to me this gap is real, the bottoming wedge is in, and this is about to be a run. So next week, I watch the high of Thursday on Bitcoin, and if it takes out that high, it's a game on. I increase position size, raising my stop somewhere to the middle of the range probably, and let it go. I'm not buying any of the mining stocks yet. I do like Coinbase. It's making its own bottoming wedge. But it's an innovative stock, and it runs with the innovators. And I'm not buying innovators right now. So I don't really have an interest in any of these um, mining stocks. I just want to make money on the coin itself. And partially the reason for that is that, to me, I'm buying Bitcoin because I do think at some point it becomes an addition to the gold and silver that's in someone's portfolio. Not a replacement. An addition. 
We're in a runaway inflationary market. It's only going to get worse. People are going to look for stores of value. I think Bitcoin and Ether could be stores of value, just like gold and silver. So I don't really care about the mining stocks right now. I want to own the asset, right? And I envision myself cold storing that, putting it in the safe, okay, over time, over time. The beauty of, of BITO is that you can actually accumulate Bitcoin, download it onto your thumb drive, put it in the safe, and then short BITO when you need to protect. Then you can become a long-term holder of your Bitcoin, but protect your net worth by hedging. That's a wonderful strategy and something we'll talk about more on the live trading desk at the Armour Report. Um, Last up, cannabis, before I get to Q&A. So let's just go over MSOS, all right? We talked last week about the four-bar reversal right here. As long as the lows hold, you could be sure that one of our portfolios is going to be long cannabis. And Armour Portfolio 2, for instance, which trades only ETFs and indexes, is, is, is holding this position, is not selling it. Okay, Armour Portfolio 1 also owns the position, but it's going to have a higher stop right here. That low, that day right there is going to be the stop on half of my position. So um, that's like 16, 1962, okay? If it stays above 1962, I have a whole position on it. Breaks 1962, I cut it down. Goes to a new low, I cut it out. Now here's the, here's the fun part. If it breaks above the 50-day moving average, and can close there, I double my position. I double it. Because it'll be game on. And it's not because the House passed a bill. Right? The House passed a bill. The bill will be denied in the Senate. It'll go back and forth. But it's the reaction to the news that matters. Can we get into a market finally? where all the bad news is in and any good news starts putting cannabis stocks up. If that's the case, I want my full position on near the low, having avoided 95% of the collapse. I love the cannabis idea. I think it's a huge story over the next three to five to 10 years. You have to avoid the ass kickings. They're going to happen. You can't just sit there and hold it because you believe. But then when you see the bottom form, you got to step back up. That's the hard part. When you're out of a stock or an idea for a while and you're like, God, thank God I missed the decline and what a destruction. And, you know, you, you start to think that you were wrong originally about your investment. And you're like, well, I don't want to buy it down here. No, that's, that's precisely where you want to buy it. You avoided the collapse. And yet, fundamentally, the story is intact. And it's getting better. We're getting consolidation in the industry. We're going to get some movement at some point politically. We don't know when or what that'll be. But all the excitement of that's been wrung out of these stocks. So now it's just upside from here. Meanwhile, the whole story is really states, states adopting new laws and new rules, right? It's the state story. And the states are continuing to roll along. Just follow Todd Harrison for that information. It's a wonderful source on Twitter, keeping you informed about what's going on in the States. That's where it's really at. So um, love MSOS, own it. 
I'm going to come out here and say it again. I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. This is my number one cannabis investment. Real Estate Investment Trust, investing in cannabis properties, 3.5% yield. Okay, the first time we talked about it was here at the Armour Report. I said this would be the single best way to invest in U.S. cannabis. Obviously, that was more accurate than even I realized. Okay, now it's gone through a sell-off. We bought it back right in here. We sold it up here on that breakdown below the 50 we got out. And we bought it back right in here. Now, on Friday, Thursday night and then Friday morning, they announced and placed a deal. Let me explain to you guys real quick what that means, and then we'll get to Q&A. The single best time to buy innovative properties is right when they announce a deal. The stock gets whacked in the morning. We talked about this on the live trading desk. We said it just got whacked in the morning. It priced the deal at $190 a share. That'll be the floor. Go buy it with two hands. Some guys in the armor trading desk did it. Stock closed above 200. Okay? Innovative properties. I've been following this company for four or five years. I've spent time talking with the management team. They're lovely people. They know exactly what it is they're doing. They only raise money when they know they can place it in the next three to six to nine months. They place their capital faster than any REIT I've ever invested in. This is why the stock generally bottoms the day of the deal. So, first of all, if you're new to investing, want to know why would it go down on the deal? Because it's a simple supply-demand equation. They've just brought uh, another million shares, uh, actually 1.5 million shares onto the market. So it's dilutive in the short term, right? So if they add 1.5 million shares and don't increase the dividend, the dividend goes down for everybody, right? Because they have to pay an extra 1.5 million shares, you follow? So it's dilutive. Earnings are dilutive. Revenue is dilutive, right? So whenever you see a secondary, the stocks generally go down on the secondary, and then they start going up if the company does, you know, um, um, executes on its plan for why they did a secondary. When it comes to a REIT, it's real easy. They do secondaries to place the money. They already they have a deal book, and they, they know what deals they can do over the next six to nine to 12 months. And so they fund it. They say, okay, let's raise some equity and then go place it and then raise the dividend. This is what they've been doing. Rinse and repeat for, I don't know, five, six years or more. I don't know how long, however long it's been doing. It's a brilliant stock, brilliant company. And literally, if you, if you go back and look and you, and you bought the day of the weakness when the secondary is announced, you would probably, it's probably one of the greatest investment strategies of all time. When this company announces a deal, price goes down, you buy it, three, six, nine months later, you're making a lot of money and collecting yield. Now, I already added it to the armor portfolios back here, so I wasn't increasing my position on Friday. I added it right here. So all it did was go up and come back and touch where we originally bought it, and then we had some armor insiders adding to it on the weakness who had, who had not bought it right here, right? So they got a chance to get in on that weakness. Of course, the low in here is my stop. Okay, so at some point, the music stops, and it turns out this is not a great idea, and I have to get out. Okay, all right. My rules on the dividend portfolio is to use weekly stops. Give it as much room as I can to wiggle. If it closes on a weekly basis below the stop, I'm out. 
Those are my thoughts for you today. Let's get to the Q&A. Thanks for spending time. All right. Um, let's go up to the top one. Saber, you're not on right now, but you're going to watch later. You wanted to know about PSN. Um, Tyson Foods. I don't have Tyson Foods on my whiteboard, so I don't really have um, a fundamental opinion about Tyson. So if you want to just go over the, the technical picture, you've got this huge base here, the breakout, the pullback on really what was market, a market collapse, right? The market got wrecked in here, so everything goes down. And it's trading right around where the breakout was. So, you know, if this is an idea you have an interest in, there's nothing wrong with buying the stock as it closes above the 50. And the Armour Investing Way would use the low of Friday as the stop. Or if you want to be a little bit more lenient, you could use the low of Thursday to make sure it closes back below the 50-day, which is this black line. If it closes back below the 50, I would get out of the position. Otherwise, nothing wrong with that. It's breaking the downtrend right here. So, Totally solid entry point if Tyson Foods is something that's on your list to be bought. Uh, AT&T cut the dividend. Right. We all knew they were going to cut the dividend. Okay. This actually, this news was already out. And so I might have misspoke last week, Deb, to be honest with you. So we were talking about, I said to you, when they announced the dividend cut, stock probably goes up. They already told you they were going to cut the dividend. And this is what I was saying last week, and I didn't even realize it. Um, so I'm a little sheepish about that. But what they're doing is they're coming up with a restructuring package. They're spinning off divisions. They're restructuring. Gives them a chance to cut the dividend, which everybody knew was coming. So they cut it to 4.7%. That's great. I mean, right around what Verizon's paying. There's nothing wrong with that. The stock, in my opinion, goes up from here. So all the bad news about the dividend cuts are already in the stock. Now they're, now they're going to be spinning off. By the way, the yield will be higher because you're going to get a spinoff, which you can then go sell if you want or, or whatever. So it's a little bit, it's not, it's a little bit more than 4.7%, but let's just call the cash dividends 4.7%. I'll take that all day long in AT&T. They do the spinoffs, they pay down their debt, then they go back to raising the dividend again at some point. But, my, but, but what I'm saying is right here at 4.7% down at the bottom on a double bottom is a no-brainer to me. I, I just I don't see the stock going to new lows in here, and I'll collect 4.7%, which I always knew was the real number. It wasn't eight. So now that's behind us, and they can go forward with their restructuring plan, and we get to see if it works, and we get paid while we wait. It's just a dividend position for me, okay? So totally works for me. Um. And here, I just posted this information for you. Um, my thoughts on Warner Brothers, I don't know what I'm going to do with that. So, uh, that kind of depends on um, what you're doing with, you know, if you're a pure dividend investor, you're going to get the Warner Brothers and you're going to dump it and collect the cash for it. You're not investing in Warner Brothers. But I'd have to do more work on Warner Brothers to see if I wanted to hold that asset. I, I don't know. I don't know what, I, what I'm going to do. Most people who own AT&T probably don't want to own Warner Brothers. So in instances like this that I've seen in the past, you know, the first print on Warner Brothers will be the best print for probably six months. That's just a guess. But there'll be this turnover that happens first. And then Warner Brothers might become something we want to own. But I don't know if I want to sit with the shares that I get. I don't know. I'll have to think about it. 
So here, I'm just giving you the details that I was just sharing with you. Uh, Fesseroso, how are you doing, man? Thanks for all your emails. They're all lots of fun. I appreciate your, um, your sharing information with us. QRVO. Semiconductors are dangerous, and QRVO has given us no reason to buy it. Um, so I've already um, shared with you, of course, what I think about semiconductor stocks, and so there's no way I'd be buying QRVO, um, not to mention the charts, not giving us any reason to, to buy it. Now, on the top of my whiteboard is definitely Cloudflare. I really want to own this thing. Okay, I think that that bottom is going to hold. Armor Insiders can go on to the Armor Report, scroll down to um, Fundamental Research, click on it, and what you'll see is um, uh, information of um, whenever we cover an earnings call. So right up here, we covered this call um, from February. Went over it last week just to see really what, what's going on there. Um, and you can read through our comments. But bottom line, I think, I think Cloudflare is a great idea, and I want to own it. Uh, may as well put Datadog on the list as well. Those are two stocks that I really like. So. Um, it's hard to make money in technology right now, even harder in innovative stocks. But the group that is working in armor portfolios are cybersecurity stocks. Maybe that's because of the world we live in right now. But um, I'm, I'm looking to build out that part of my exposure in the portfolio. We already own um, CIBR, which is the ETF of all the cybersecurity stocks that we like. Uh, and we own Cloudflare, which I just, you know, I mean, excuse me, we own CrowdStrike, which we bought in front of the earnings news and we've held it all the way through with a raised stop now, okay? So if this thing keeps going up, I'm gonna to wanna to add those other names. Oh, sorry, you were asking about Copen. Huh? Um, the metaverse stocks just are not on my radar right now. I would avoid them like the plague. Um, all right, what is the lower line MA red? I imagine that you're, let's just pull up um, because it's so much fun to look at Newmont. You're, are you talking about um, this line down here? That is actually a standard deviation, three and a half standard deviations below the 200-day moving average. That's what that line is. This dark red line is the 25-day moving average, 50, 25, here, let's, let's go look real quick. Um, uh, 14, yeah. I didn't know if I did nine. Yeah, 14, 25, 50, and 200. That's what I use. 14, 25, 50, and 200. Thoughts on PayPal. That chart says it all right there, Deb. That chart says it all. It's a past great winner that is um, in dire straits, and, and I have no interest in owning. Look at the gap downs gap downs. People are trapped in the stock. It's going to take months to work off that overhead. Hey, how are you, my friend? What do I think of fertilizer stocks? Okay. So they've been on a tear, and I would need more weakness before I'd add to them. Now, if I own them, there's no way I'd sell them. They're on an unbelievable tear, and I would probably use 
the 25-day moving average is my stock uh, stop. You know, I use the 50-day if the stock stays close to it. Once it skyrockets like this, I go to the 25-day and use that as my stop. And so it touched it here and, and proved that the 25-day is going to hold, so you stay with it, and you just follow it up. Okay, same thing with that, same thing here, and of course my favorite name is IPI. But they all, and they all look great. And maybe they'll build high, you know, base patterns up here. But of course my favorite way to play um, farming is going to be deer. I know it'll move slower, but I'm a managed risk, risk reward type of guy. And um, to me, the reward's enormous on deer, and the risk is limited. Eris, good morning, my friend. Nice to see you. All fit dry. You can see that commodity bull. Um, okay. I know you. For those of you who don't know, Eris, he's a certified armor analyst been with us from the start at the Armour Report. He does tremendously good work. So he's been all over the shipping stocks, and I've avoided them, and obviously to my um, network detriment. <laughs> um, so how do I get in them now, Ares? I mean, you were right at this entry point here. I'm not in it. You're asking me to pay up for it, which you know I don't like to do. So um, I, I got to think about it. I mean, that that's a pattern I could get behind. There's a, there's the pendant. There's the the, the rectangle breakout, then it makes a pennant up here. You could buy the, the high tight pennant. Um, Zim, don't forget, paid a huge dividend. So what it really did was come back to the 50-day moving average. That might be an opportunity. Um, so keep work, keep keep chipping away on the errors. At, at some point, these things will come back to a level that I'm willing to buy. You, know, I mean, you could easily add that cup and handle on DAC right here, right? And just use the 25 day as the stop. So we can talk about that on the desk, Ares. Let's, let's talk about it. Maybe I can find some room um, in the portfolio. You know, it's, it's the commodity super cycle without a doubt. And, um, but I would argue, Ares, that and if you don't mind the argument, you say that shipping outperformed even uranium in the last cycle, but what was going on in 2007, 2009 is nothing like what's happening today. So, you know, I'm not, I'm just throwing that out there. This was a conversation like we had with um, um, uh, Carl on the desk on Friday. Sometimes you look at information, you look at history and you try to draw analogies, but it's static an analysis. It's, the markets look wildly different right now. What's going on in, for instance, uranium is wildly different than what was going on in 2007 and 2009. So um, we have the commodity market cornered at the Armour Report. Can we add shippers? We could. And, and we'll talk about it on the desk, you know, next week. But that means we're going to have to carve down something else when I mean, we're fully invested. So it's got to be an entry point that makes sense to me where I'd rather own shippers than own what I'm, own, what I'm buying here. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, I should have been obviously with you from the start. Hey, what's happening, Chad? 
another certified armor analyst. Nice to have you on board. All right. I looked at some REITs. Oh, yeah. Oh, great. Um, so interesting, uh, narrator. You looked at some REITs, and you want to know about MPW. Well, guess what? We added it to the armor report right there on that green box. I love MPW. One of my favorite ideas. Added it right there on that green box. Friday, Thursday, Wednesday, Tuesday. That was Monday of last week. Okay, and it goes really in the portfolio right next to the OHI. This is long-term healthcare facilities. MPW is doctor's offices. It's a, it, it, they both got impacted by the pandemic in a negative way. The pandemic's behind us, blah, blah, blah. So I love the idea. Stephen, how are you, man? Nice to see you. Thanks for the, the um, support. And glad you could uh, join us on what was a really great Q1. Um, British Petroleum. You know, all, all of these energy stocks are, are interesting. And so you're, now you're just looking for the right entry points on them. And look how far behind British Petroleum is. Why is that? We'd have to do a little bit of work on why BP is so far behind the, the pack. Um, and so what you're asking me is, can we buy a lagging stock? I mean, you can. You can buy a lagging stock because sometimes they catch up, but I generally stay with the leaders. You know, we made our money on Exxon, bought it here. It popped. We booked a profit. I've got CVX in my dividend portfolio right here. <laughs> Holy smokes. And I haven't sold it yet. Um, so does some money rotate out of those names into BP? Maybe. This is certainly a reasonable entry point. And let's look at what the yield is on it. Who is narrator the warrior? If he knows FedEx Andrew, who's narrator? Who are you? <laughs> um, Greg, how are you? Thoughts on Tesla. I, I don't know. I don't ever understand Tesla. I'm honest with you. There's a crowd that owns this stock and trades this stock much like the mean crowd that trades AMC and and uh, and and uh, GameStop and those other names. So the first thing I'd say, Greg, you say it appears to be one of the only high growth standing out in the crowd. Please understand what happens with options um, behavior. Um, the option players can drive the stock for a short-term period of time, and often they do in Tesla, in NVIDIA. These stocks will outperform their peers because they get ganged up on, and a lot of calls are bought that drives the stock higher because the dealers of those calls have to buy the underline. Okay, And so there's extra juice when these things run. They're really great swing trading stocks. Fundamentally, what I think about uh, Tesla is almost, almost irrelevant, you know. So this is the, the, the channel it's in. There was the bottom it made. And uh, on the market risk on green signal, which was right in here, um, the option players piled on. And we saw key gamma levels go from 850 to 1100 in a matter of days. That information is courtesy of spot gamma. It went from 850 to 1100 in a matter of days. Okay, so it went risk monitor green was right here on the 17th. And in retrospect, I should have been all over Tesla for a swing trade. 
because we started to see, I think on that day, actually, it rolled from 850 to 900. And it's rolled all the way up to 1100 where it's at now. And interestingly enough, where it stopped right now. So what we do every morning, Greg, the Armour Report in our Slack, on our Slack trading desk, our virtual trading desk, our, our virtual hedge fund trading floor, um, is we share key gamma levels of stocks of interest. And we do that every day with Tesla. And so what we're looking at now is, courtesy of Spot Gamma, will the 1100 key gamma level roll higher? If it does, it's real bullish. And it means the whole market wants to keep rolling higher. If it rolls lower, probably that run is over in Tesla as it runs right to the middle of its range. See that? It ran right up to the middle of its range. Okay? Didn't you like Bug Best? I used to like Bug Best, but we changed our uh, philosophy on, on the live trading desk. And this is what I say, this is what I say about the beauty of, um, uh, um, you know, pooled resources, pooled information. It makes all of us better. It makes me better. It's, it's really the, one of the bonuses of the Armour Report that I didn't realize when I started the Armour Report three years ago. I didn't realize you guys would be so good at gathering information and sharing the information. And it's made me a better investor, okay? So we had a whole debate on the live trading desk about what's the best ETF. We went and looked at them all. And at the end of the day, um, Lara, the best ETF, in my estimation, after all the debate for cybersecurity is um, CIBR. Now, you could say I'm splitting hairs, and, and that's okay. If you're long bug, there's nothing wrong with bug. But um, at the end of the day, this is the asset I want which we added right here. Yeah, that's where we added it, okay? Stop is raised now. We're gonna either make a lot of money on this investment or we'll get stopped out and make some money. Lena, how are you? Lena Lena's very close to becoming a, 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 a certified armor analyst as well. She really, Focus as well on the dividend side of our portfolio, doing good work there. Uh, T-Mobile is really breaking out. So you're on to something on T-Mobile, there's no doubt. Um, we already own Verizon, and we already own AT&T. So the question is, why don't we own T-Mobile, right? Well, you know, obviously the answer is there's no dividend on T-Mobile yet. But... Um, Boy, that's a good-looking chart pattern. So uh, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't have a huge interest in owning just a telecom stock. You know? So I own the others for the dividend. Uh, but, I mean, that looks phenomenal. So probably it should be owned. I grab my pen and my piece of paper for things I want to look into next week. T-Mobile. What was the other one we just talked about? There was something else I was looking at. Um, I can't remember right now, but oh yeah, let's look at British Petroleum BP. I want to look at the dividend and figure out why the stock is suffering. Is there something fundamentally wrong with it? Paramount. Oh yeah. Um, no no thoughts on this this crazy idea from what happened back here to changing their name to building a some type of a pattern and just I just don't have any interest in the stock Dennis so it won't you know at the end of the day Dennis 
we only have so much room in the portfolio. I want to high grade my portfolio to names that I think have the highest probability of success with the best reward to risk scenario. So when you guys ask me these questions on Saturdays, we go through charts. That's always the first thing I think in my mind. Would this chart pattern, would this investment idea replace something I already have in the portfolio? Does it have a high probability? Is the reward to risk there? Paramount doesn't even crack the top 50 on my list. So it doesn't make it to the whiteboard. Doesn't mean it's wrong. Doesn't mean you can't make money there. You know? Um, and, and so if you're asking me more technically, what would I do if I wanted to own it? I'm happy to say, I'm happy to share that. So the breakout above the 200 day is what must be what's interesting you, Dennis, which I get. And now it's coiling and consolidating above the 200. So the way I like to trade is I wouldn't buy it here, but if it takes out that high, which is 39.21, I would put a position on if I had an interest in Paramount. It has to take out that high. So I always like to pay a little bit more because I make more money that way. All right. If it pops up there and takes out that high, I would get long Paramount with a low of the day that I'm buying it as my stop. If you learn nothing from me but that one rule, I think your net worth will go up over time. When you make an investment, the low of the day you bought it to the stop. Now, if you complain to me, well, I keep getting stopped out, then I would say, you've got to work harder on your entry points. And we could talk about that, right? Just DM me in the Slack room, and we'll go over what your entry points are and where's the right entry point, right? We use Armour algorithms for it. I'll help you there. Give me ideas throughout the day, which we do all the time, and I'll throw it up, look at the algo and say, is this an entry point or not? If it is, we could put money to work. Use your stop at the low of the day you bought it. Disney got destroyed. Uh, forget about Disney. I, I, have no I had no interest in Disney before, and I really don't understand what they're doing now. I don't, I don't want to get into politics of that, though. <laughs> you are FedEx, Andrew. Excellent. Nice to see you, Andrew. Glad to have you. Oh, we're going to write that one down. All right, the shippers. All right, guys. All right, that's a good-looking chart there. G-O-G-L-S-B-L-K. Those are two patterns I can get behind. And I guess DAC is the leader, so I'll look at that too. Brian, boy, that's a good-looking pattern. Yeah, Golden Ocean. Are you guys going to make me buy some shippers? Okay, what do you want to reduce in the portfolio? You guys are all armored insiders. You know what's in the portfolios. What are we going to replace in the portfolio? Don't answer that here, but let's talk about it in the Slack room Monday morning. Okay? Let's debate that, which is what a hedge fund does, right? They sit down in the meeting room before trading starts, and they hash out strategy because it makes us all better. So I can't wait to have that debate Monday morning with you guys. We're going to look at the portfolio and say, okay, you want a shipping allocation. What are we going to reduce? I can't wait to debate that. Think about it over the weekend, guys. Thoughts on earnings? Dustin, kind of hard to um, – um, 
you know, it's kind of hard to put together a thought on the earnings after a company's made a major acquisition and, and they're trying to um, and probably haven't yet brought the economies of scale together. Don't forget they bought, you know, the largest Arizona um, distributor of cannabis, right? Um, harvest, health and harvest. So I think this was the first earnings announcement. Dustin, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was the first earnings announcement where um, the two companies combined were reporting, you know. Um, so uh, not, not to mention, Dustin, honestly, it's not really an earnings story right now in these names. It just isn't. It just isn't. I mean, these things go up and down based on the, the, the ever, the baton <laughs> march towards federal legalization. That's what it feels like if you're, if you're a, a cannabis investor, right? But um, so I don't really care that much about short-term earnings or revenue. When they were having blowout earnings and revenue and unbelievable margins, it didn't help the stock. What helped the stock was Joe Biden got elected and, and the Congress went blue and everyone thought, you know, now's our chance. And the blue Congress and Joe Biden lied to everybody and did nothing. You, you know, and that's just not, that's not me being political. That's just a fact. <laughs> it's just a fact. They, they, they ran on a platform of decriminalizing. You know, they even made it a woke platform, and they didn't even deliver on that. I mean, they haven't even delivered on that, which is their whole base. They just lie to that base constantly. Okay, all right, let's don't let's don't get off on a tangent of politics. Politicians all all lie. No offense to the one percent of politicians who don't, but. Um, um, they just say whatever they think they need to say to get your vote. I think we all know that by now. So anyway, God, you got me off on a political rant. <laughs> Don't do that. Save us. Maybe I should sign off. It's been over an hour of talking with you guys. But anyway, um, so I don't really care about the earnings and revenue right now in these companies. I'm not nitpicking, oh, they, they missed the estimate. I mean, it doesn't really matter to me. I look at the chart patterns, and, and I and I look at the fact that all the bad news is in these stocks, in my opinion. And as long as the lows hold, I want to start buying and building exposure. I want to start investing again uh, in the space. And there's no better name than Trulief. It's just for me right now, I'm just focused on an MSOS. But, you know, Trulief and, you know, Green Thumb, those are probably my two favorites. But these charts don't look very good. You know, and again... The, the number one in cannabis name to invest in is going to be here. That's going to be the best name. The gap down is just because they do the secondary so they can then raise the dividend six to 12 months from now. But, but anyway, I, I, you know, I hope that answers your question. Um, yeah. Chris, man, um, we all have to give a round of applause to the Silver Fox, who is an um, armor insider and uh, um, literally pounded the table last year, at the end of last year. He was pounding the table for anybody that would listen on buying insurance companies. Because when you go into this inflationary cycle, insurance companies do the best. They're the financial group that does the best. That man's been investing for, you know, what is it, 60-plus six, years now? That man happens to be my dad. So I know him closely, all right? And he was just all over this idea. So you want to know why it's going up. And it's because 
the, the insurance stocks have broken out of this base. So you can see this huge base, okay? And you were buying the base somewhere in the 160s, is right around, you know, right around here. So you were buying the breakout of the base. And financials do well uh, in this environment. I mean, that's all there is to it. I mean, uh, not financials, uh, insurance companies. Um, so, I mean, if, if I owned them, I wouldn't be selling them. I'd use the 50-day moving average as the stop, and I'd let them go as long as this cycle lasts. I can't, I can't chase evil. I've got to find patterns I can buy. Oh, <laughs> good rant. Okay. Hope I didn't offend anybody. All right. Um, my commodity risk monitor. Interesting idea. Imperial Petroleum. I won't buy any patterns like that. So these are just day trading um, toys. Um, you can certainly, you know, pick up a day trade and have a huge run, but that's not what I usually do. Um, yeah, and of course, Mohammed, it's a good point that the, the shipping story only gets better uh, with the European um, um, Russian oil deviation. Here's my only problem with buying shipping stocks now. Everything you guys are saying is right. And everybody knows it. Everybody already knows it. And at some point, it's priced in. And so then the risk, the risk, and I know we don't think this is going to happen, but we're just talking risks now. The risk is there's a moment where uh, the Russians decide they're done, they're going to pull out, there's some kind of quasi-agreement that lets everybody save face, um, and, and Europe will only be too happy to start taking shipments of energy again through the pipelines. I mean, I've seen this play out so many times in my life. So if I load up the portfolio with names that benefit off of that theme now, I feel like I'm a little bit late on that. So you can argue with me, I'm wrong. This is only going to get worse. Okay. Okay. So I, I'll say, okay, we could try a couple of shipping stocks, but the stop has to be tight, okay? Or they're just going to carry us off the trading floor. So this comes up, this is a great question Muhammad asked about the commodity risk monitor, right? Because I'm already maxed out in the commodity space in armor portfolios. It's why we had great alpha last, last quarter. Do I want to keep piling on? This is why I say to armor insiders, think about it over the weekend. What are we going to reduce in the portfolio to buy shippers? Because it can't be that we're going to sell technology stocks and buy shippers. Because then we're just piling on the commodity trade, and we're going to have too much commodity. And there'll be that day, there was a day a couple weeks ago, where there was like some type of positive story, whatever, out of Eastern Europe, and the market, the market was up, and our portfolio imploded for, you know, three or four hours. Okay, it recovered, but there'll be, there'll be a day it won't recover. You see what I'm saying? We, we can't be over our skis in commodities. So at some point, enough is enough. Our alpha is great, and we have to manage the risk. So if we're going to add shipping, if you believe it's that important, then we've got to shave down or cut out other commodity ideas to make room for shipping. This is going to be a lively debate Monday morning. I look forward to spending that time with all you guys. Thank you for spending time with me on Saturday. Have a great weekend. 
And we'll get at it again, 8.30, Monday morning, everybody. Take care. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. You know you Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.